this is Marcelo Pico, Editor-in-Chief of Talk Film Society, and your host for the Talk Film Society Festival 2020. I'm here to introduce to you day five uh, of the fest uh, in this episode, and I'll jump into what the festival is here um, before I introduce the the segment, the episode. Um, The festival, uh, TFS Fest, uh, it's a uh, podcast series where I talk to contributors, hosts of, uh, you know, Talk From Society, whether they're just writers, uh, podcast hosts. Uh, I ask them uh, to select a film under the theme of Returns. Uh, 15 films have been picked. There'll be 15 episodes. And for this uh, episode, you'll hear James Barrett discussing The World's End by Edgar Wright. That's his pick. Uh, It was a great conversation with James. Uh, I'll just note uh, at the end of the episode, he mentions, I think maybe during the episode, he also mentions he has a podcast, uh, Steve and Destroy. Um, By the time you're hearing this, if you're hearing this when it comes out, uh, it's not out yet, but once this festival is over, late October, early November, uh, keep an eye out for those episodes of his new podcast, which will be on Talk from Society. Uh, first, they'll make an appearance on the Patreon, and then they'll be out in the main feed. But check out that podcast once it's out. Uh, follow Talk from Society on Twitter at Talk from SOC for more. And if you want those episodes right away, because who doesn't want to listen to a Steven Seagal podcast? I mean, in all seriousness, it's it's it. it I, I'm sure people are going to love it. Um, it's it's a great show. I'm, I'm glad uh, James is letting me publish it on the site. Uh, but if you want to get those episodes right away of of that podcast series and any bonuses we may release, bonus episodes, uh, a new series is coming out soon, which I'm not going to reveal yet, but uh, just, keep, just keep an eye out for it. Keep up to date with that by going on the Patreon, patreon.com slash talk film society. Again, bonus episodes, new podcast series. Those will be up there first uh, for our patrons. Um, join join in for as little as a buck. Um, and if you want to read the companion program to this festival, a collection of work by our contributors and podcasters, um, go to our Patreon and 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 donate. Uh, be a be a patron for five bucks. Get access to that writing. Uh, it's 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 a it's an amazing collection. If you ask me, some great writers uh, on there talking about all the movies we talk about during the festival. All fifteen movies. So check it out, and uh, check out the lineup. Check out more links um, to this over on our website, talkfilmsociety.com/tfsfest. Uh, and that's it. That's all the details I wanted to bring up. Um, I mean, the Patreon is important. Uh, Patreon.com/talkfilmsociety. Oh, I just uh, edited together a pre-roll. A 30-minute video, a random collection of uh, random videos I I I found on YouTube uh, that are connected to all the films of this festival. It's a fun little package, video little video package for those wanting to play along and wanting something to maybe play before they watch a movie. 
Um, so, you know, if you're interested in that, it's on the Patreon as well. So check out the Patreon. Um, that's it. Uh, please enjoy this conversation with me and James discussing his pick for the Talk for Society Festival, The World's End. Hello, James. Welcome to the Talk Film Society Fest. Hello, Marcelo. Thank you for having me on the Talk Film Society Fest. <laughs> I'm glad you're here on the Talk Film Society Fest. Um, as I'm glad uh, people who are listening, I'm glad they're listening. I'm glad they're participating. Yeah, yeah. I think we're all happy. I think we're all on the same page. Um, so for this segment, for this episode, uh, James, why don't we just dive into it? Uh, well, uh, before that, uh, how you doing overall, James? Are you, are you doing? Are you doing pretty well? You know, I'm doing. This is kind of what I say. You're, I, I don't know um, how much you've been delving into the uh, the realities of the current world that we're in it's, on these. It's kind of built into this whole thing because as, yeah, as, I, I, yeah. It's, it's it's hard for anything not for it not to be built into anything you do nowadays. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I um, but, you mean, know, to, to, to kind of quickly dive into it, I mean, the reason why I'm doing this is, uh, well, first off, it's been five years since the last time I did this with like five people, mm-hmm. you know, and now you're the 10th recording up to this point, And I have maybe at least three left to go, maybe four. So, you know, five years later, I figured why not do it again? And also a big reason is because, hey, you know what else are we going to do um and why yeah, not absolutely. why not try to recreate sort of like a film festival like a community experience you know for talk from society so that's yeah that's why it's built into it that's why i mean we could talk about what's happening i mean uh, it's it's we're living through a pandemic <laughs> well it's, it's- yeah, uh, you know it's it's never great to get into it. Um, I always try and avoid on on my podcast to really delve into that too much, just because you know it's it's uh, hard to avoid. So if you can avoid it, it's kind of nice. And all I was really going to say is that um, I'm doing about as well as you can be right now. <laughs> you know, Which, I'm not trying to brag. Uh-huh. I'm not trying to show off. But you know, relative, I'm doing pretty okay. I'm happy to be here. Under the under the theme of uh, returns, which that's the theme of the festival for this year, um, I asked people um, on Talk Film Society, uh, you know, pick a film under the uh, uh, theme of returns. And James, I asked you, tell me and the listeners what movie you decided to uh, to pick. I picked The World's End. Edgar Wright's uh, conclusion to his Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy. Uh, are, are we getting right into it? Are you still trying to do a little build-up? We'll see the form of this particular podcast, and we haven't gotten into it. It's it's a it's a series uh, in and of itself, so it's more like conversational. Mm-hmm. Uh, this first half of the discussion is just an intro to the movie, and then the second half will be like a spoilery discussion. Um, so in my head, you know, there is like sort of format which I don't share with with the guests mostly. I mean, I give you a breakdown of what was going on beforehand before we recorded but now i mean you're just we're just free willing here you know uh, yeah this i i apologize this is very much my approach to podcasting <laughs> is a, a very a very meta self-aware <laughs> uh, let's talk about the act of what we're doing the entire time we're doing it. <laughs> so you've essentially broke uh, you, you've essentially broken down podcasting here in these first 10 minutes of this particular episode 
Um, I've certainly broken down your punch <laughs> in some way or another. So yes, let's, let's continue on this path. Let me guide you to uh, the world's end. So why in particular, James? Why did you pick the world's end uh, under the scope of, of returns? Um, well, it's actually one of two movies that came to me pretty immediately. You um, have, or I don't know what order you're releasing these, but at least as of this recording, you've recorded one of those. I don't know if you want me to say it, so I won't. Uh, but, I mean, um, I, I recorded it, and the recording went well. I'm actually in the process of like trying to order these in a, you know... In a, a, mm-hmm. in a way that would be interesting, if that makes sense. I mean, kind of program these yeah. these movies. So yeah, go, go ahead, because it's still a secret at this point. What, what was your initial pick? My initial pick, uh, and at least the one that I like brought up first, because it occurred to me in a, uh, a moment of clarity, <laughs> was Triple uh, X, The Return of Xander Cage. Uh, Which... Uh, but... Sarah beat me to it. Yeah, Sarah Sorrentino uh, ended up picking that, and she brought along Shaq, um, Shaq Lambert from sequels, to talk about that mm-hmm. movie. Um, at this point, yes, I recorded it. It went well, but I will say... I'm sure it went better than this is going to go. <laughs> I'm sure that no, she did a much well, better job than me about that movie. I'm, I'm proud of her. I'm glad that that movie got the, the treatment it probably deserved. Uh, you, but, you say uh, all that, but... I mean, again, mm-hmm. I don't know what order uh, this is in, but I'll just I'll just say that um, uh, she did not end up being like a huge fan of that movie because she picked that sort of like out of the blue. Because I was like, mm-hmm. I, I asked her the prompt. I was like, you know, a movie under the theme of returns, and she ended up asking, you know, a few people, and somebody said, "What about this movie?" And she goes, "Well, that's a Vin Diesel movie. I've not seen, so why not?" And her first time watching that movie was for this podcast series for the festival. And she, and she came up saying, that movie is not good. And I go, well, I think that movie is great. Shaq also was kind of like in the, in the, in the, the negative kind of, you know, middle range of liking it. And like, no, I, I would have, pref- no, not would have. I mean, it's a, it's a great recording. I mean, it's a great episode. It's a great segment. But would have been a different conversation if somebody came to that movie with an appreciation and a, a love of it, like I'm sure you have, James. Um, well, that's why this is going to become the second Return to Zeta Cage episode, as I slowly <laughs> reveal my master plan all along. I've oh, never no. seen The World's End. Oh, you've, you've bamboozled me. I, you got yeah. me. This is the first time I've ever been pranked on air on a podcast, so congrats, James. Thank uh, you. But no, I mean... And also, I should, I should give a shout-out to Marcus Irving, who also is a huge fan of Return of Xander Cage. And to quote him on a DM, uh, he says he could have talked for 10 hours about that movie. But uh, he picked something else. Uh, so, too bad. Too bad for everybody who wanted to talk about Return of Xander Cage. Um, I should just make just a series just on Return of Xander Cage. Just a 10-part series on that. Or, I mean, honestly, Vin Diesel. Or Vin Diesel. That's been brought up so uh, i'm sure yeah <laughs> uh but anyway world's ends okay you and then your second yeah. pick was this which is hey it's another it's another great film in my book okay uh good yes i don't know how you i did not know how you felt about this one oh going yes. in well that's... this is definitely a divisive movie and so i'm very relieved to hear that you are pro the world's end yeah that's the thing about this fest uh pretty much all the movies that i've seen up to this point and again i need to record like maybe three or four more episodes i've ended up liking all of them 
or I had already liked well, them that, before. That's good. Yeah, which is, I mean, I, imagine me, <laughs> you know, coming to a movie I hate it saying, I, I'm glad you picked the shitty movie person uh, I'm talking to. Um, I, I, I yeah. was so close, and I mean so close, to just picking something that was going to be awful just because just I thought it'd be fun. <laughs> um, I, I mean, you have no idea how close you came to almost having to watch, like, Stalked by My Doctor, The Return. Yeah, and that uh, would... That, a Lifetime film. And, and I'm also glad that all these movies are, um, uh, you know, known. <laughs> or, like, you know, people people know about Terminator 2. People know about... Uh, people even, know about Terminator 2. People know about Batman Returns. People heard of it. Yeah, people know about The Fog. But do, does anybody know about that movie you just mentioned, which I already forgot the name <laughs> Stalked of? Stalked by My Doctor, The Return? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm glad you didn't pick that one, James. Um, hey, oh. me too. So, I, I looked it up. Um, yes, I'm a fan of this movie. I've seen this movie since it premiered. Uh, I've seen this movie 12 times, The World's End. Um, okay. which I have to look up because it may be in the top movies I've seen uh, in the last 10 years, which Letterboxd is my source for that. I'll look it up as we talk. But uh, no, I, I'll quickly say before we dive in, dive more into this movie and kind of give um, the groundwork for it, an intro for anybody. And again, for anybody who hasn't seen this movie, who's maybe watching it, we're just setting up for you. And then in the next segment, we'll dive deeper into it. But... I drove uh, about three hours, uh, maybe three and a half hours, uh, from where I was at the time, or still am, from Austin to Dallas to see the, I guess, Texas, I don't know if it was like just the Texas premiere or the North American premiere. It was a huge deal, though. Uh, They were doing these, like, uh, kind of early screenings around the country yeah um, i remember there was one in dc which was the closest you know big city to me yeah and, and i did not know about it until like three hours before and i was heartbroken yeah i i was just on the pulse of this and i knew it was happening i i definitely set out to you know drive up to dallas for it because i should also mention this edgar wright simon Pegg, and nick frost were all going to be there in dallas for this mm-hmm so and also they were gonna have this um mini uh beer uh um you know world's end sort of gauntlet uh in the parking mm-hmm. lot of this movie theater and they're also gonna screen okay. before or after the movie after after the movie ah <laughs> uh, that's good and, okay cool and, and also they were screening outside on in the parking lot with this um you know uh you know beer gauntlet they're also showing uh Shaun of the dead and hot fuzz so it was it was it was it was that, a deal, God. and I, I I remember liking it a lot, uh, and then mm. I, my my friend my best friend who was with me, I I told him like yeah this movie's like great, and he was like, eh you know it, it, it's funny you said this movie is is divisive right um my my friend is oh, one of, is one of those who just thinks this movie's like you know it's it's underwhelming he would say mm-hmm. but i was like no i i liked it from the from the get-go i liked it and then i liked it so much that in the subsequent weeks and years i've seen it you know 12 more times so yeah i'm, I'm a huge fan of this and if you were to ask me it i mean is, james i mean james ask me where i would put this in the cornado trilogy like ranking 
ranking wise. I was quite literally about to ask you that. So, uh, where where would you rank this in the Cornetto trilogy? It'd be it'd be the third one for me, uh, but still good. I mean, I, I love it. Really? I mean, yeah. I, it, Ugh, it's you're it's breaking my, my heart. Uh, so you, James, you did that whole build up. You did that whole build up. <laughs> I was like, yes, finally someone who gets it. And I, I guess it's still fine. You still love the movie. I At least you're I not one it. of the people who thinks it's like a disappointment. No, it's for sure not a disappointment. It's it's one of those movies that, and having rewatched some of it uh, uh, for this recording, um, you know, it's oh, you know what? Before I get into that, that's more kind of like a spoiler topic. But before we get into that, talk James about um, your love of this because I'm assuming from you from the way you talk about it, James, it's your favorite. <laughs> Of the three uh, of Edgar Wright's Cornetto trilogy, and just to be clear for anybody who doesn't yes. know, it, you know we're saying Cornetto trilogy. If you don't know, that's Edgar Wright's spiritual trilogy with Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and this, The World's End. So, I mean, James, is it is it your favorite of the three? It is my favorite. I actually have a pretty bold little three piece, uh, little three pieces here that I'm going to go through. Okay. Um, it is my favorite of the Cornetto trilogy, which I think is already kind of a controversial take. And then um, an even more controversial take, it is my favorite Edgar Wright movie. That, yeah, and I, then I can see that. It is easily one of my all-time favorite movies in general. Um, we're talking about Letterboxd. It's in my Letterboxd top four. Someone asked me a favorite movie of all time. This is a really good go-to for me. Uh, I adore this movie. Well, I, I can definitely see that. I mean, the uh, I mean, I could see somebody having that opinion. Is what I'm saying. I don't know, I don't know you that well, James. <laughs> you, That's <you're>, okay. <laughs> so I'm not gonna. I also, yeah. Also, I don't know if you being like I could see you being someone who would love the world's end. I don't know if that's like a good thing to say about somebody. Anyway, that's, so it's fine. That's one. That's why I want to make it clear. I wasn't saying. Oh, I could see why this. You know, a a a, a comedy about the end of the world and um, you know uh, alcoholism and addiction and the uh, the, the, the the darkness uh, that lies within. I mean, I could definitely <laughs> see you, James, as being a fan of this. No, I uh, I'm just saying. Well, hey, I am. So, <laughs> if you know, I think the most controversial take would be if somebody were to say Baby Driver was their favorite Edgar Wright movie. Um, I, 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 the only reason that that doesn't like blow my mind would be recency bias. Um, it would be kind of bold now, just in 2020, just considering a lot of the cast of the film. But, uh, I, I could kind of see it in terms of recency bias. Possibly. But, but, it, um, but to me, I, I, I still, I? I, I still like that movie. I still like Baby Driver, but it's for me, yeah, the lesser. No, for sure the lesser of Wright's work um, because if you think if you name any other Wright movie um, with the exception of Baby Driver I'd be like sure yes that's that's the best one for sure okay. I could I, so could I could listen to I, that conversation I would like to I'm gonna do uh, something kind of wild and I think I do know your favorite Edgar Wright movie it, I've, and I've made it very clear I've made it obviously clear on on my twitter account for the last okay. ten, 10 years uh I, I, unless you don't I, do, do you follow me james do you follow me on twitter at marcel J. i do Pico? i do follow you on twitter <laughs> i do follow you on twitter please go ahead the, uh, the ultimate yeah. commitment um but you're a scott pilgrim guy obviously yes scott right? program yes favorite okay. favorite Edgar movie favorite maybe of all time but yes keep going mm-hmm. i think you know most people they got like an edgar Wright movie that goes up there 
Um, for me, Scott Pilgrim's a definite second. And um, I would say... Do you want to just do a real quick Edgar Wright ranking? <laughs> I like I like where he heads at, James. Yes, let's do an, an Edgar Wright ranking. Edgar Wright ranking. Okay. Say that five times fast. Okay, why don't you go first since you asked a question? So you you go first yeah. as, as I as I think about this. All right, I'm going to start up and go down because I already kind of did. So number one, I'm doing The World's End and Scott Pilgrim, Hot Fuzz, Baby Driver, Shaun of the Dead. Never saw a fistful of fingers. Um, I did see the little like home movie he made that's on that hot fuzz. It's on like a uh, hot fuzz triple DVD release or something. Oh yes, yes. Um, I remember that. But I'm not going to include that in my ranking. Gotcha. But, uh, that's it, right? I sure hope I didn't forget anything. Cause I'd, I'd be a little embarrassed. I, I think you got them all. Uh, have you seen his uh, spaced TV show? Oh yeah, absolutely. I've definitely seen Spaced. So, why don't you squeeze that in there? Where would that fall in the ranking? I, mm, that's tough. I would put it like right next to Baby Driver. Maybe a little above Baby Driver. I think the only reason Baby Driver would edge it out for me is just because of like, obviously, with Baby Driver, you can tell that he is a man who has done a lot more work since. That's and true. it's just a lot more polished and uh, feels like more complete than a lot of the more amateurishness, which is, I'm not saying as a knock, but undeniably, Spaced is going to be a little amateurish. Gotcha. Uh, but I, yeah, I'd squeeze it in right around there. Yeah. Um, let me get my ranking uh, here. Here we go. Uh, number one, of course, Scott Pilgrim. Number two, now, <clears throat> um, yeah, these uh, two and three on my list i'm i'm okay with like uh you know alternating switching these depends on you know what kind of mood i'm in but for right now for september 21st 2020 and number two i put uh hot fuzz then number three shawn mm-hmm. of the dead um then number four the world's end and then here's where i'll, I'll shove in spaced right above baby driver because I, I i do mm-hmm. love space um it is in comparison, like I, I, I'll give you that, it is a bit amateurish, but that the story of space, like those characters, I love them to death, and it's and in in the same way that space is amateurish, it also is like almost you can give it more credit for being like you know amateurish and being some such an early effort from like all of those people involved, like you know Wright, Peg, Frost, um, Jessica Hines. I mean. Um, even then it's going to be like i don't know that's like almost a positive right. in its defense yeah that's like such an early effort and then at the tail end i uh i'll put a fistful of fingers because i did see that like on a random link on youtube many years ago it says here i saw it in 2013 so yeah um i barely remember it i mean there's some like quintessential like edgar wright slapstick humor in that like very spaced uh, Shaun of the Dead sort of vibe, but um, I, don't know. I I I think they re-released it in the UK or something. There's like a, a remaster of it, but so uh, hopefully it finds its way. Like maybe like Arrow or Shout picks it up or something. It releases it, you know, here in the states because uh, it's it's it it's a pretty good movie. But still, it's we, we talk amateurish, but it's like 
you know, it's I forget, I forget the, yeah, I forget, I forget the behind the scenes story of it, but, but that was essentially kind of like his quote unquote, like student film. Like, here's what I got. Mm-hmm. Here are my chops. So, um, the world's end though. So was it yeah, right? Was it right from the get go that, that you love this movie or did it take time for you to, you know, finally think to yourself, Oh, this is my favorite Edgar Wright. And also this is my, one of my favorites of all time. Uh, no, I, I don't think anybody who sees a movie for the first time and is like, this is my favorite movie of all time, like that, that's that's not true. Like, that can't be true. And I, I certainly have had, you know, t- moments where I've seen movies and been like, this could be up there, but I need to, you know, watch it a couple times and see how it, you know, handles multiple viewings. Um, but I saw this twice in theaters. Uh, first time I saw it, I loved it, but it wasn't, you know, like, game-changing for me but um the second time i saw it was kind of closer to the end of its run and it was like one of those like 10 30 p.m middle of the week showings there's nobody there yeah and it was me and a friend and then one of his friends and um the friend of a friend wasn't really like a movie guy so he didn't really know anything about it he'd seen probably Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz or something kind of enough to like be like sure I'll go see this movie I know these actors yeah but he had no idea what he was getting into and um sorry <laughs> I had a little yawn some incredible audio for everybody listening <laughs> it, 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 it almost sounded like you were getting emotional telling that story <laughs> uh, I should have pretended I should have <laughs> pretended I was tearing up um no but like watching this movie through the eyes of someone who has no idea what is going to happen like not and because the first time i saw it i didn't know a lot of specifics or the twists or anything but because i was just like a dork i knew you know it's edgar wright and it's his play on the science fiction trilogy there's going to be some stuff involved here there's going to be you know some elements of action Uh, you know i just knew a little bit more going in than this kid clearly did (laughs) and so um you know about that like you know, into the second act twist of the movie, uh, in the th- the theater, which was like basically empty, this kid started like screaming. Wow! Uh, and and like you again with without like being a, again like a movie person who knows kind of what you're getting into, even in the most broad sense. That twist, as like the real kind of plot of the movie kicks in, is ridiculous. It completely throws the movie into like a whole other level. And then all of the kind of the, the ride that you're going on in that when you're watching it that way really kind of cemented it for me in terms of both the formalism of it just as a movie. And then also I got it, of course, just as a repeat viewing, the emotional moments hit me a lot more. Um, and I can I'll go into that kind of a little bit more after in the second half. Yeah, because I, I want to be able to be more specific, but that was like one of my most memorable theater-going experiences ever, and it was just really watching the movie through the the eyes of this dude that I like didn't even know. Yeah, I I can totally relate to that. There have been it's instances where, like, um, well, the first one that came to mind was like The Departed, which I also have seen many times in theaters. And I've the seen, de- if <laughs> The Departed, also a movie I would consider an all-time favorite. Yeah, uh, it's certainly my. I think it is my. If you were, you know, gun to my head, 
And don't worry, folks, there isn't a gun to my head right now. But if there <laughs> if there were one, that's my favorite Scorsese movie. Personal favorite. Is, hey, is, I, is The Departed. I would have to have a gun to my head to even try and like to even try and work that hard to make that decision but um it would definitely be a contender without yeah. question but but to your point about just I, I i reveled in like the reveals in that movie and the twists especially when i saw it with mm-hmm. an audience or with somebody who hadn't seen it before and it that movie plays like like a fine-tuned machine that at certain points you know the, the the screws tighten, you know, and the air leaves, you know, an audience, and you can just hear gasps. So, I I love when that happens. I love when you see somebody react to something like you know it's going to happen on screen, and it's like clockwork. Mm-hmm. So, and again, we'll talk more about this in the second half, which I think we're about to get here soon because I th- I think that's enough intro, James. I think people know uh, what this movie is and why you picked it. And why they should uh, watch it right now, um, or at your leisure. I don't know. I'm planning these as you know, like a festival. It's like, hey, you've listened to this intro. Why not pop it in now and then you know, uh, yeah, come back after the movie's over, or you can do whatever the hell you want. I don't know, uh, listeners. You know, it's, if they it's, don't watch it, if they don't watch it during this break, I will be pissed. <laughs> there you go. So that James is on record. If you better watch it, or or else. You know, he's coming for you. Or else I'll be pissed. That's it. <laughs> That's all that'll happen. I'll be puttering around my room, but it's, you know. Uh, but that's... It'd, po- it'd be polite. That's enough. Now, audience, uh, folks listening, uh, please enjoy the world, and, and we'll be back after this to do a post-movie discussion. Enjoy. And we're back. Whoa, hey, what a movie. Uh, I mean, Long time no see, guys. <laughs> Whoa, it's only been an hour and 48 minutes. I actually don't know how long this movie is. I hope I got it close. You are extremely close. It is an hour and 49 minutes. Really? I, I, yeah, that I, was, you I, clearly have seen this a lot. I've, I've seen this plenty. <laughs> um, but no, I, okay, let's talk about you know stuff you were alluding to before, James. And, mm-hmm. I, and I'll, I'll, I'll say here to kind of kick it off when, when you were saying that um when you were alluding to like the twists and how this movie changes edgar wright does it does that sort of amazingly well in pretty much all his movies where like mm-hmm. in, in scott program if you were to come into that in, into that movie with like no knowledge of what was going to happen right you know just going blind yeah oh yeah absolutely get into that these twists get into how you see this movie kind of just play with that formula yeah, um, I mean, to more or less reiterate what I just said, but with a little bit more specifics, the kind of, I don't know, that whole sequence where Gary King's in the bathroom yeah. and the, uh, I don't know what you call it, the street tough, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the street urchin, if I'm getting a little harsh, uh, who's been replaced, starts, you know, bothering him and everything. It's this, like, it, it, it does this really nice thing where it ramps up a little bit you know like the kind of the way he's moving his arms is not only suddenly the movie's becoming a lot more aggressive and intense but like the you know sound design's a little off it's kind of the mechanic sounds of his arms moving and everything and then um it ramps up but it it's not like just a clean ramp 
if that makes sense at all. We're going up, 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 and then Simon Pegg tackles this dude into the urinal and his head pops off. And it, instead of just like jumping off the ramp, it's just sort of like the ramp ends. You're just <laughs> back on the ground. You've, like it, it, it really still comes out of nowhere, but it, it doesn't feel a hundred percent jarring in like the way a very bad movie <laughs> would yeah. have a total shift like that. Um, and and it's it's definitely like a really smooth way to still have a very jarring tonal twist. And everything about it's wild. Dude loses his head and it's like, you know, blue. That's always something that sticks out to me because it's just because like if it would have been blood, it would be a wildly different <laughs> sort of feeling. Yeah, I, I, I still remember just kind of because they didn't um, reveal those moments in the trailers. They just it, yeah, it, it just the specifics. Yeah, those specifics of it, right? Um, they mm-hmm. you, you just got that sense after seeing the trailer of like, oh, this is very much like um, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers uh, esque, mm-hmm. and you're like, it has like sci-fi feel. You, I, I actually wasn't exactly sure what they were going for, but I knew it was like sci-fi. Edgar Wright, I'm in. But yeah, I I was like kind of shocked at like how gruesome that those moments are that whole bathroom fight without being it was gruesome without being you know um like gorish it's it's like an immediate drop it just drops you into this like other movie but again i can't i don't even know how to like use that sort of metaphor but then also be like but it's like a light drop so that trailer, okay. Um, like when I saw it, I, I, I knew it was going to be sort of a sci-fi. Um, I don't think I, even thinking about it now, I don't even think I had that Invasion of the Body Snatchers you know, thing in mind. Maybe I hadn't seen that movie. Uh, I, I wasn't familiar with that movie, I think, you know, um, before watching The World's mm-hmm. End. So I didn't I have that film of reference. I think the trailers have that vibe. I no. don't think they do. I, th- yeah. I think it gives it much more of like a more traditional alien invasion movie vibe from yeah. my memory. Yeah. And so that's why that it makes that um, scene in the bathroom so jarring and in, in, in a good way. Like you're seeing that tonal shift. Mm-hmm. Um, you just see these aliens heads pop off and you're along, <laughs> you're along with this crazy ride. And, and I think maybe that's the point where some people were like, eh, it's maybe too much, maybe too, too goofy. Maybe, maybe that's why this is divisive. Now, now that I say it out loud, maybe, just I that I maybe people just maybe just <laughs> they maybe they don't buy that tone shift. Maybe it, it does go off the rails in their heads. Maybe too much. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. Can I ask you a complete? I don't. You know, this is very much. You're getting a little taste of my podcasting style. <laughs> here, we're going to break uh, down the formula here of podcasting. Well, <laughs> no, not that style. Very different one. Which is that I was just going to ask you a completely unrelated question. Uh, just to get an idea of how you feel about these really jarring total shifts. Okay. Just a completely unrelated question about a different movie. Here we go. Yeah. Um, the ending of 10 Cloverfield Lane. Okay. <laughs> uh, the, I, uh, out of, out of a thousand movies, I, I, I would not have guessed you would have, you know, you're going to bring this up. Okay. Keep going. Well, just that movie has also kind of like a sudden shift where you're just in a different type of movie. Yeah, and that is also a very kind of divisive, you know, uh, thing where once you get to that point, it lost a lot of people. So my question was just: Were you one of those people that was lost there too, 
or are you maybe more a little along for the ride with these giant tonal shifts in general? Now, if people don't mind, um, we might lose people the spoilers here. For a different spoilers movie. Spoilers for Ten Cloverfield Lane. <laughs> I, I actually want to dive into this because. I'm going to be honest. I did see that movie, but it was, I think, opening weekend, and I have not seen it since. So, well, okay. I'm going to I'm gonna dance around it because, to me, that movie uh, is its own tonally. Uh, that movie shifts for me like in a third act. Or, yeah. Yeah. Are, are we on the same page? Because I think they wait, yeah. they wait until the third act to say... Hey, by the way, you know, did you have any doubts about what was going on outside? We're gonna show you. Mm-hmm. Is that is that yeah, is that the, is that the twist like, you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. That is 100 percent what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's see, I think where it lost a lot of people. Uh, I think it's it's to, in my book. I was okay with that with with that shift. Um, mm-hmm. Overall, I, I do like that movie. I do like Ten Cloverfield Lane. Um, but to me, it's 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 slightly different in this case because it happens earlier in the movie. It's like I think beginning of Act Two, maybe of World's End, when you yeah. see that twist happen. Um, mm-hmm. But I can see people be upset if, like in Ten Cloverfield Lane, they're like, "Oh, this movie is 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 something in my mind, and I've already figured this movie out." And then they add in, you know, that reveal at the end, you know, in, in, in that third act in, in Cloverfield Lane, and you're like, "Oh." It's something else completely, and it's, this is weird. But here, I just love that Edgar Wright like revels in what it is. Ultimately, it revels in the science fiction, alien invasion, well, body I, snatchers movie. I think part of why it it works so well too is because it like sets up everything so well to where like by the time we get to that twist, you know all of these characters, and you kind of know again aside from the twist the movie that you're watching yeah it's like it it doesn't feel you know rote or trite or anything in the moment but if you had to watch the movie that the first act of the world's end is for (laughs) 149 minutes i feel like it would not be very good it 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 would be a different movie for sure um it would still probably be good yeah i I have a lot of faith in him but it, it i just don't think it would be you know the same movie uh or the same quality it, it, and it, i think it would have to and and we could talk about this because i'm sure you know this about this the history of this movie james um <laughs> simon Pegg, the co-writer who wrote this with edgar wright um he had his own problems with alcoholism which he didn't reveal to the public until what about like a year ago when he said, "Oh, by yeah, the- I think it was like one or two years ago." Yeah, uh, recently he's like, "Oh, by the way, yes, I had these problems and I worked them out, you know, um, you know, <laughs> over the last ten years." And I, th- I've, I've said this before, and I got it wrong. I think it was Ghost Protocol. Uh, I think it was that film. You could see uh, shifts in his weight because during that production, he was going to rehab. Um, so I think it was Ghost Protocol. It might have been Mission Possible 3, but um, regardless. Then he made this, and then he makes this movie with Edgar Wright. And seeing mm-hmm. and seeing it now in that context of him dealing with his, you know, very very uh, real issues of alcoholism and addiction. Um, uh, to to answer that question about whether this movie would be, you know, um, 
you know, any good if it didn't have the sci-fi element. It would have to be a different movie. It would have to be like a drama by the end because it gets very, and this is why I love this movie. It deals with these tough issues in a very stylistic, you know, you know, science fiction way that it's, I don't know what, what, what how, I don't know how else to say it. It's easier to swallow. And I think it's very purposeful. Yeah. Yeah. In that way. Um, yeah. It'd be a very different movie. It'd be, I, I'm. I don't know if Avery Wright. I love the guy. I don't know if he. I don't know if he could do like a straight drama, <laughs> but that's what it would have to yeah. be if if it wasn't an well, alien and, and invasion it would be, movie. If it was a straight drama, it, like again, my whole point was mainly just like it would feel like okay, we've seen this movie before. Exactly. But it, yeah. But now the way it's it's done is kind of by the time that shift happens, that second act twist, it's um, we've already kind of seen the first movie and we get it. So then it's like, okay, well, now I can bring you into the rest of the movie. I can invite you along the rest of this journey. I've been keeping the rest of the movie in the closet. I can bring it out now. You can meet him. And uh, I, I think that's kind of what, what makes it work so well it, as, as a second act twist and why I think that it's better there than if it had been like from the start, you know, showing us what happens. Yeah. Exactly. Um, before we start wrapping up, um, let's go through some of this cast because I think the casting of this is um, uh, pretty amazing. Like the main cast, of, uh, we haven't talked about Nick Frost really at all, but uh, he is a, a an important part in this Cornell trilogy. One thing I, I love about this one, I don't know if maybe this is what you were about to say, but <laughs> maybe. Um, it's it's so nice to have them switch roles yeah the first two yeah and and i think that this is i think this is my favorite peg performance almost for sure um unless there's something i'm forgetting that's the only reason i'm hesitant is because i feel like maybe i'm forgetting something Um, i i i think i'd have to agree with you i think um yeah i think this is this is peg's best work as an actor uh, because it, again, uh, the uh, the context of it has changed in my book, and it, it feels like a more personal like journey for him uh, as an actor. And I think I think he for sure pulls pulls it off by the end. And yeah, that that's what I was kind of alluding to, because um, you could apparently read my mind, James, is how Peg and Frost. I mean, also like Frost plays like a great straight man here, uh, flipping that mm-hmm. f- flipping that role. Um, of just being like, you know, just the the the, the goofball, you know, sidekick in the last two movies to becoming the straight man, like the the one person who, you know, very very rarely is is nothing but serious. Uh, well, except when he starts drinking again. Um, but I, I love that I love that dynamic between the two. And um, well, here here's a here's a tangent question that's sort of related but did you end up seeing that movie uh paul with 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 uh peg and frost of course i've seen paul <laughs> did you like you paul me? it's fine yeah. um it's totally it's fine my my issue with paul if we're going to get even more on, on a tangent yeah, yeah is um and i i can i can I, I feel like i'm gonna mess up my man's name but uh greg matola yeah that the director. Right. yeah yeah um I, I like I feel like that dude <laughs> has made so many good movies. Um I, I, I love Adventureland. I feel like you, you, you like Adventureland? I bet you like Adventureland. I do like Adventureland, yes. Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah, I love Adventureland. Love Super Bad. Yeah. Uh, 
I only recently saw the Day Trippers, but I really liked it. Yeah, that's one but, I need uh, to see. My, yeah. Yeah, I, I really liked that. And uh, my issue with Paul it was that I was like super hype. Uh, we're getting Simon Pegg and Nick Frost back together. Uh, yeah. I knew we, and Seth Rogen. I love Seth Rogen. Yeah. Um, and even though there's no Edgar Wright, I had some faith in Greg Matola. And uh, it, it is ultimately fine. I'm not going to say that I think Paul is bad, but it's a huge disappointment to me based on like the talent behind it. It, it. it kind of goes to the point I was almost going to make, but I don't know. I think there is a possibility to make, you know, Peg and Frost work together beyond an Edgar Wright film. They have that natural chemistry because mm-hmm. they're obviously like great friends in real life. But, you know, it, Paul to me, it is, it's fine. But to me, it's like, it's like let's make an Edgar Wright movie without Edgar Wright, which, on paper, is like, well, uh, my yeah, my I don't memory know. of Paul is that it's it's much more of like a, a Seth Rogen kind of style, and maybe I haven't seen I haven't seen Paul in like probably like five six years, yeah. um, but my memory of it is it, it being a little bit more kind of like a Rogen movie than like let's try and be Edgar Wright. Yeah, maybe it's because of you know. Peg and Frost being the lead of that maybe that's why I just can't in my mind it cannot escape the you know the 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 the, the orbital you know gravity pull of Edgar Wright so Penny Considine which I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right Mart Freeman Eddie Marsden Orzaman Pike Pierce Brosnan uh, this cast is stacked with also like Edgar Wright regulars. Um, faces like uh, going all the way back to spaced, um, so he can definitely fill out a cast. Um, I, uh, it, I mean, is Simon Pegg your favorite actor in this? Um, that's tough. I, I mean, probably. Kind of just like almost he's the lead, so it's kind of hard for him not. It's to hard be to like, pick if, if the movie success, succeeds the lead's probably going to be your favorite yeah um i do really love martin freeman in this movie yeah um the thing for me is like everybody you named my like this movie is my reference point for them yeah um like everybody even like and i'm not lying here pierce brosnan (laughs) <laughs> um, I, I, I'm 100 serious on that one. Pierce Brosnan. And I'm like, oh yeah, he was in The World's End, and then Timothy Dalton was in Hot Fuzz, and they were both Bo- James Bond. But I go to the Edgar Wright first, and then make like, okay, these were both James Bonds, which which is fair. And I'm not going to point out how old you are, James, but I'm much older than you. <laughs> I'm much older than you. I'm not. Uh, That's true. I am 13. <laughs> I'm not Timothy uh, Dalton bond age in terms of like me seeing him as bond growing up i'm pierce brosnan bond age seeing you know dine of the day in theaters i am not so so very very young that i was not a pierce brosnan james bond kind of you're um, you're you're daniel craig james bond guy that's that's your bond that's who you grew up with (laughs) maybe like um, in terms of like if you're doing like a data plot but I I definitely like growing up watching James Bond I was watching the Pierce Brosnan ones Die Another Day was the only one I owned <laughs> and it was the one that I watched like 50 times um, and still to this day kind of still like it a little bit so 
It, I, I, I would argue that I'm still a Pierce Brosnan Bond guy, at heart, at least. Maybe not like you cut me open and count my rings, but at heart, <laughs> I'm a Pierce Brosnan Bond guy. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that because uh, we need more people on our team uh, because I, I'm a huge fan of Brosnan as Bond. I think he did some good work. I love Tomorrow Never Dies. Um, I seem to be kind of alone in that in me i think you're alone yeah uh, it, <laughs> i cannot come to your defense there tomorrow never dies is the best brosnan bond um come at me folks wow. come at me wow uh i love that movie okay that was that was purse brosnan talk about the cornetto trilogy and talk about the the ending and how you feel about how this end sort of wraps up that trilogy um, i mean obviously if you're just like being like you know, three movies, last movie, I think is the best, so it ended on a high point. But what I think is, a part of, one thing we haven't touched on that I love about this movie, I mean, we, I guess we did a little bit with that twist, Yeah. but um, this movie's just, in general, bold as hell. Like, Edgar makes some wild decisions throughout this entire thing, and the entire movie ends on, more or less, a huge down note. Yeah. Except for, like, for our, you know, five leads. They basically, I mean, it really ultimately is Gary King destroys the world so he can live in the world where he is, like, comfortable. And um, that is, like, a pretty wild thing to end your movie on. And it is an even wilder thing to end your trilogy on when Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz are pretty kind of standard feel-good endings. I mean, not in, like, a super cheesy, easily wrapped-up way. But, like, Shaun of the Dead, Nick Frost... Can, can I spoil Shaun of the Dead? Go ahead. I, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, folks uh, listening, well, just just fast forward, like, 30 seconds and see a total void spoilers of Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Nick, Nick Frost is a zombie at the end, so that's, like, a, a bummer. Yeah. But the real ending is still, like, Simon Pegg's still hanging out with him. You know, they're still playing video games. He's still got his friend. And so, of course, you know, it's like has some emotional ups and downs it's like i said not like some super easily wrapped up ending but it still is for the most part a a, an upbeat ending a positive ending and i think part of why people probably don't like the world's end is because it is just such a like downer ending it is a wild ending for a movie in general let alone for the ending that is like the climax of this trilogy and i love it (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It's it's an ending that I did not expect. And first time I saw it, I go, oh, wow, that's how they're ending this? <laughs> with, you know, like you said, the world just is just changed and like they're in a post-apocalyptic like hellscape. But it, and then that final scene in the bar with um, Gary and those and the robots, mm-hmm. uh, the blanks, you know, I it, it's still something that. I, I'll admit, when I first saw it, maybe those first few times I saw it, I didn't in the, essentially get it. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I definitely was the same way the first time I saw it, too. That's one of those things, that second viewing, where it really clicks with me. Yeah. And yeah, w- with time and just, you know, understanding of, like, um, not everything is, needs to be wrapped up in a bow. And also, I think just, you know, articles I've read, it's, it's Gary that character's like slowly progressing gary king yeah (laughs) you know he's just instead of you know gary king ordering a beer he gets a water and that's his progression Mm -hmm. you know he he's made that step 
to becoming, you know, a better person. And that's all you need. That's kind of what I took away from it. And I think that's, it's, it's yeah. again, it, it's hard to, you know, it's, uh, I guess at that point, it's kind of a hard pill to swallow. Like the world around you <laughs> is a disaster, no, but, I mean, but you've made progress as a person with that one step. Yeah. He had to destroy the world. He had to end the world to do it, but now he's, he's comfortable and he can, you know, go about his day. Doesn't need to drink. To, to dull whatever's going on inside him because he likes the world he has built. He just had to destroy everybody else <laughs> to get it. Yeah. And it is a, a wild ending. Yeah. And the entire climax, again, something that we have not touched on. I know I don't know if you're trying to stop me, but I do love this movie very much. <laughs> um, but the entire climax is like uh, that same thing where it's this action movie leading up and based on certainly hot fuzz which has like a wild action climax you are gonna expect something similar um and the movie just ends with an utterly insane conversation yeah (laughs) um where i mean like the, the climax of this movie is wild it just is fundamentally yeah and i it's one of my favorite things about it and i completely get the people who don't like this movie because of these things but it just works for me at least and it works very well yeah um i mean to those people who have that problem with that movie we have the problem of you know sitting through essentially the 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 end battle is just a a conversation <laughs> it's just a, a it's just a, a conversation between three very drunk men which is yeah. like what the movie acknowledges so i mean it's what you, uh, i love this movie yeah versus like a robot which <laughs> uh, versus mm-hmm. uh, bill nye uh, making a cameo as that as that robot as a network voice um that is mm-hmm. something i i learned after listening to the commentary i think it was riot or peg they reference like star trek which is like an, an amazing uh example because it's it's like that's kind of how star trek episodes end there's a conversation mm-hmm. and then the alien or the robot yep. just goes all right you win <laughs> it's fine yeah <laughs> uh so i love that nod james you're right before i was trying to end this thing um thank you so much yeah. <laughs> for 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 coming on uh before we go and also i mean thanks for picking this movie I love it. Um, hey, you're welcome. It's. I, I hope people who watched it liked it, or who rewatched it liked it more. If you didn't end up liking it, just at James. Um, he's going to give you his Twitter account here in a second. But James, before we go, uh, let's plug ourselves. Uh, where can the people listening find you online? Oh, that's a, a good question. Honestly, um, I I do a podcast called Steve and Destroy. Uh, with my one of my best friends, Dylan. Uh, you'd find it on the Talk Film Society podcast network. And then in terms of social media, it's a big question mark. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> it's a, uh, Everything about the podcast is improvised right down to how people are going to listen to it. So if uh, you want to check it out, you can find it on Talk Film Society podcast network. All right, James. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me ramble my way through your podcast. It was uh, genuinely a pleasure. 